Great, thank you, Calvin. It's really good to be able to share some thoughts from God's Word today and that really rich passage from Ephesians 1 that Molly read to us so helpfully. It's also been really lovely to have our first dedications back here in this church for well over 18 months. What a lovely thing to be able to dedicate children to God again. And we'll be having another dedication Sunday in a few months' time. So if you have had a baby during lockdown or you haven't had the chance to have your baby dedicated because of when they were born and because of lockdown, then we'd be delighted to dedicate your child if you'd like us to do so. If you could train them a bit so that when I take them, they don't, you know, that would just help. It's amazing dedicating little babies, how much easier it is than bigger ones. But if they're bigger, we love them too. So we'd love to dedicate any more children and uh, yeah, come and see us, come and have a chat with us if you'd like us to do that. Whenever we have a dedication, we always pray those words, either with a child in our arms or at a distance, the words of the ironic blessing over each child, the Lord bless you and keep you. Really powerful, poignant words actually. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We've prayed that blessing over these two children today. Wonderful words of blessing. But the blessing isn't just for children. The blessing, the intention of it in our Bibles was for all people. It's known as the Aaronic blessing or the priestly blessing. And it's the blessing that Aaron in the Old Testament and his sons were to speak over the people of Israel, as we read in Numbers chapter 6. It's been used throughout the centuries to speak God's blessing over his people. Perhaps I could have my PowerPoint slides up. Thanks. So I've called this morning who you are and whose you are. Because at its heart, God's blessing is about identity. I want to speak about what it means to be blessed by God. We're having a one-week break in our series in Nehemiah. We've been looking at Nehemiah for the last uh, four Sundays. We've got a one-week gap. We'll be picking that up again next week. And I've been thinking about these verses in Ephesians chapter 1. What does it mean when we pray blessing over someone? What does it mean to be blessed by God? So keep your Bibles open at Ephesians 1 if you can as we look through it. I want to unpack how Paul describes what being blessed looks like. If we choose to follow Jesus, what is it that we are blessed with? You might be here today and are feeling really blessed. Maybe like the families of those who've been dedicated, your new parents who've been blessed with this child. Maybe you feel that God has answered a a significant prayer for you, perhaps. And you feel that God has blessed you and you are grateful and pleased. You might be here today and you're not feeling very blessed at all. COVID has certainly not been a time of blessing for anybody. It's been awful for every single one of us. Some of us have lost loved ones. We have lost jobs or income. Some of us have struggled enormously with our mental health because of the anxiety and uncertainty. We can sometimes equate being blessed by God as being happy and getting what we wanted. And if we don't, then God hasn't blessed us. But actually, as we look at this passage, we'll see that God has other blessings in store for us. Paul means something quite different when he talks about God's blessing. So Paul is writing to the Ephesian Christians from prison. Prison. He's been on quite a journey since his conversion. He knows a thing or two about the cost of following Jesus and what life looks like uh, to follow him. You wouldn't automatically call a man in prison blessed, would you? This letter isn't written to local people or individual problems like he does in some of his other letters where he might answer very specific questions asked of him or speak directly into a particular situation. 
He has the bigger picture of life with Jesus in mind. And as we've read this passage in the NIV, if you've got it there, the header, it says, praise for spiritual blessings in Christ. And as we look look at that, there's something quite topsy-turvy there about how we might see our lives walking with Jesus. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with heavenly blessings, heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And then he goes on throughout the passage to list what they are. And so what that means is that whether life is difficult or whether it is glorious, if we trust in Jesus, we can say that we are already blessed. We are already blessed. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessings. Blessing isn't about material things. It's not about life going well or not well. Whatever our circumstances, whether they're good or difficult, walking with Jesus and uh, knowing his blessing is about realising what we already have and who we already are. Who we are and whose we are. I like to think of it like this. It's like um, looking at our spiritual bank balance. And uh, you, go to, you go to the cash point and, and you log in to your, your spiritual ATM. And what comes up is that you're in credit. You're really in credit every single time. There have been various points in my life when I've gone to the ATM or checked my online banking. And I haven't had quite such a pleasant surprise when I've looked at, at what it says there. We go to our spiritual account and it's always in credit. Maybe you've got in your car this week and the fuel gauge is on red. And what do you do when you can't get any fuel anywhere? Has that happened to anybody this week? Yes, not all. I think mostly around here fuel's not too bad, is it? There was a story in the news of a cash point outside a Tesco Express in Hounslow, which started out, um, had some kind of technical glitch, and it started giving out more money than was being asked for. Um, Here's a queue that formed outside that Hounslow. Someone at the front of the queue was on on the mobile phone to their friends saying, it's giving out £20 notes, it's giving out £20 notes. And because of that, with social media, etc., the news spread like wildfire. And within the hour, apparently, there were 50 people queuing to get free money. And people were getting out every single bank card they owned and putting in to try and get free £20 notes as much as possible. A spokesperson for Tesco later said it was a, what do they quote, a rare operational error, I bet it was, uh, that lasted for five hours and they weren't going to try to recover the money. People went to their accounts and they got more than they bargained for. And when we read Ephesians chapter 1, it's like looking at our spiritual bank balance and and getting more than we deserve, getting more than we bargain for, realising how rich we are, that we're always uh, spiritually in credit way more than we deserve. And that's because the one who owns the account, the one who pays into it for us, the one who gives us access to it, is Jesus. In the first 14 verses of Ephesians 1, Jesus is mentioned by name or by title or, or him, reference to him 15 times. Paul uses the phrase in Christ or in him over and over again. And that phrase and its variations, which are the same phrase in the original Greek, is used 11 times in verses 3 to 14. And I've highlighted some of them here for you to see. In Christ, he says, we are in him, in his sight. We are in him, in Christ, 
in Christ, in him. We are in Christ. Once we were in Adam, part of the old humanity, and now we are in Christ, a new economy. And it's because we're in him that we're able to say that we already have, and that Paul tells us that we already have, our spiritual blessings in abundance that have nothing to do with external circumstances at all. Whether life feels good and you feel blessed or whether it feels terrible and you don't feel blessed, that actually when we come to our spiritual account and see what's there, credit is given to us over and above what we expect or deserve. So I want you to imagine that we're logging into our spiritual account. We kind of put in our bank card, our bank card of faith and trust And we want to see what's there. And Paul mentions four things that he highlights here. And I just wonder whether one of these four things I'm going to mention might resonate particularly with you this morning. They're all four for all of us. But it might be that one in particular resonates and you think, do you know what? I just need to know today that that's in my spiritual account. The first thing to mention is... Paul says we are chosen. Verse 4, he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God has chosen us and that doesn't get taken away. We were predestined by him. Through faith we have the choice that he's given us to step into him by grace through faith. So transforming and liberating. I've mentioned that COVID has felt like a time of not blessing, very much so. It's been hugely challenging for us all, this once-in-a-generation event to live through. And I was reading some sobering statistics from a study published by Forbes, the global media company, reporting on a study about mental health during covid they found that 42% of people said that they are experiencing a decline in mental health. Specifically, 67% of people are experiencing increases in stress, of which 57% have increased anxiety, and 54% are emotionally exhausted. 53% of people are sad, 50% are irritable, and 28% are having trouble concentrating. No wonder things feel hard. So many of us have struggled with some of these. I have. You may well have too over this whole last 18 months. The impact that COVID has had and is still having. It's good for us to remember that this hasn't been a normal season. We need grace for each other and and patience and love and kindness. And we certainly need to do something about this tsunami of mental health struggles that are facing us as individuals, as a church community, as schools and the health service in our homes and wider When we feel unnerved or unsettled, one of the centering things that can help us is to remind ourselves of who we are and whose we are, that we are chosen and loved by Jesus. Something that I do regularly. If I feel a bit overwhelmed, I just choose to pause and to breathe. And I say, I belong to Jesus. I belong to him. And it helps as I center myself back on him again. We are chosen by him. Paul also says that we are adopted. If you look at verse 5, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In Roman society, they took adoption very seriously. It was often a child that was destined for slavery who would be adopted. So imagine for that child 
Adoption meant freedom and a future in every way. An adopted, adopted child would be freed from slavery, would be given all the privileges and rights of a natural child. Inheritance rights, their debts were cancelled, and they came under a new fatherly authority. In the eyes of the law, in Roman society, the adopted child was truly seen as the real child of their new father. So no wonder Paul writes about, for, writes about this for us, not just here in this passage, but elsewhere too, that we have been adopted as children of God. We are no longer slaves. We have freedom. We have a future. We have the privileges of a natural child. We have equal inheritance rights with the Lord Jesus. We get to call God our parents. When a child is born, parents will have all sorts of hopes and dreams for their children. For, for you, Esther and Harry and Andy and Maria, I wonder what you imagine your children growing up to do. You can probably see character traits in them already, I imagine, of where they might go, where life might take them. But right at the top of the list for any parent with a child, I'm sure, would be that their children know above everything else that they are absolutely loved and accepted for who they are. The thing that we want for our children or for our nephews and nieces, or for the children that we see growing up in our church community, is the very thing that God wants to give each and every one of us, child and adult, unconditional love, knowing that we are adopted into his family, that we belong to him. We are chosen, adopted, and forgiven. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us. What a thought that forgiveness is something God lavishes. Don't begrudgingly say, oh, all right then. He lavishes grace upon us. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is part of the deal. So when we say I'm blessed, when we're praying God's blessing for someone, that's part of, part of the deal too. You, you children that we're praying for, you adults, as I pray that God blesses you, would you know that you've been set free and forgiven by Jesus? This could be yours, this forgiveness, as we emerge from COVID. Some of this stuff might be quite new to some of you. Maybe you wouldn't say you're a Christian. Some of this is uh, new stuff. You don't normally come to church. It might be that the Alpha course that Roger mentioned is the right thing for you. A chance to explore some of these themes. What does it mean to be forgiven by Jesus. What does that mean? Why did he die? What is that all about? We'd love to have you at Alpha if you'd like to do that or anybody that you know. It might be that COVID's really made you think about what's important in life and the things you thought were actually aren't anymore. And knowing and understanding more of what Jesus has done for us is so key. We are chosen, adopted, forgiven, and finally secure. When you believed, Verse 13, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The God who chose us and adopted us and forgives us wants us to be secure in his love. And so he sent his spirit's presence as a seal over our lives. Anybody recognize this seal? Go on, someone. How many people knew that? Not enough of you. About seven of you. Yes, it is in fact Taskmaster, which is a TV show. If you know, you know, and if you don't, don't worry about it. But only the people who receive the envelope, only the contestants on this TV show who receive the envelope, have the authority to open the seal. What a seal does is it marks out 
authority. It's a sign of ownership and protection. The Holy Spirit is a deposit, a down payment, guaranteeing what's to come. And as we trust in him, we're given a seal. Imagine the kind of royal seal placed over our lives to say that we belong to him. The seal of his spirit. And in a season of uncertainty, we can be secure in him because of that seal. So you're at your spiritual ATM. It's not free 20 pound notes. You put your bank card of faith in. And what you see there is that you're really in credit over and above anything that you deserve. And you are chosen, adopted, forgiven, and secure. Your account is in credit with all of those things. And maybe one of those resonates particularly with you today. When we sing or pray, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, that's what we're saying. We're saying, may you know the Lord's blessing, may you know today you are chosen, adopted, forgiven, and secure. Amen.